keep ticking off the matches and we were expecting to bring you another double this week but that wasn't to be as our match earlier today against Dundee at Dens Park was postponed extremely late due to a waterlogged pitch. We catch up with Chief Exec Alan Barrows about the call-off. We can, however, bring you our midweek outing against Livingston from Wednesday night, pre- and post-match reaction from that coming up, and a roundup from the rest of the matches in the SPFL over the past week. There's some festive shenanigans from both the men and women's squads, plus a quick look ahead to the festive fixtures. This is the AFC Doncaster from the Inverness Reds on Saturday, the 23rd of December. Graham here and welcome to the AFC Dons cast on Saturday the 23rd of December from a snowy Highlands and a day earlier than planned due to the postponed Dundee match. The disappointment from our League Cup final was fresh in the minds of the Red Army. Barry Robson was looking for a bounce back against Livingston on Wednesday evening. Here's his thoughts. Well, I think we've, we've um, bounced back <clears throat> relatively quickly. The boys have been in there today. They've been good. Um, we went through um, bits of the, obviously, the final and... Um, in football, you need to move on quickly. But it's um, a big game for us, and, and just like all the rest of them, and we're really we're really looking forward to it. They're, they're a good group who who want to do well at the football club, and they've always been really positive. So um, no, we're 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 kind of wait to get going again in the game. It's a, it's good when a game comes around really quickly again afterwards. Boyan Majowski scored twice and came from behind to beat Livingston 2-1. Livingston opened the scoring in the 28th minute. The Dons' defence failed to deal with a deep throw-in, allowing Obelai to turn the ball back across goal, where Gathery turned from close range and scored. Aberdeen levelled the scoring just before half-time when Nicky Devlin put in a cross and Majowski fired a header past Shamal George in the Livy goal. We started the second half with greater urgency. Richard Jensen saw an effort from distance held by George. James McGarry also denied by the Livingston keeper before Majowski netted his second in the 65th minute and his 14th goal of the campaign. As the final minutes of the game played out, Majowski was unlucky not to add a third with a neat flick that was well saved by George. The final score, Aberdeen 2, Livingston 1. Barry, that's a big one. 
Yeah, um, it's um, never easy against the Livingston side. Do you see the size of them? They fill the pitch um, well. Um, but no, it took us a wee bit um, of time to get going, I thought, in the game. Um, but we never panicked, and I think um, we wanted to win the game and probably missed a few chances. We, we could have made it a bit more comfortable, uh, comfortable for us, but um, you could see um, <clears throat> it was a listen. It was a, it was a good three points for us tonight. And it wasn't a it wasn't an ideal start to go behind in the game either. No, well, we went behind a few times. We came back. We went behind the Hearts and we beat them. We went behind today and we beat them and. Sometimes I think um, you could see a bit of that. We, we tried to not speak about um, having that previous game there. It was um, maybe took it out was a wee bit, but I thought we got stronger as the game got on. And um, I think um, you saw that. We made a few tactical tweaks, and um, I think Boyan could have maybe had three or four tonight um, rather than two. So it was always going to be a difficult game because they are a, a difficult side to play against, and they try and slow it down, they try and stop the game, and you can see everybody getting frustrated because we were all trying to get speed in the game. But um, I think um, we were, if we'd taken a couple of more chances, we would have came a little bit more comfortable. The change of shape worked well? Yeah, we did, and we, we changed that. And uh, obviously, we had to change back again because they stuck three right through the middle, and you've seen that they caused problems with uh, the long balls up into there as well. So, um, But we've changed shape a few times this season. People, maybe people haven't um, um, seen us, but we have. We've changed um, in and out sometimes. and. Um, um, it worked well for us tonight and um, I think the, the boys deserve a bit of credit Boyan was a joy to watch tonight wasn't he? Yeah he was terrific I think um, Duke did well as well he took a minute to get into the game Duke when he did he did well Esther came on did well um, I never felt under any real pressure at, um, from Livingston I don't think they had a lot of uh, chances to um, really carve us open, so um, it was just frustrated because we like to have got a clean sheet. Um, I think that was the one chance in the first half they scored from. But um, listen, we just we get our heads down and we get on with it and we start trying to uh, climb the table. Yeah, um, and big one tonight. Big games coming up uh, as as well, um, and using tonight as a launching pad. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't say a launching pad. I think. Um, we won here at Hearts and we won at Frankfurt as well. And I think um, obviously the weekend was really disappointing for us. Um, we were all disappointed. So um, another good win um, tonight. And yeah, we need to. We've got some games coming up that we want to go and try and do as well as we can and, and hopefully get us up that table. And some good head-to-heads as well, like Dundee at the weekend, and win that one and you go above them. Yeah, um, exactly. Another tough one we've got in two days' time, but um, one we're really looking forward to. And listen, we're, we're getting more used to it now, and we are, we're, we're getting used to it. And um, we're, we're really looking forward to the game because you can see that we're still a dangerous team um, at times. And um, we, as I said, let's just um, get the heads down and let's just um, try and get us up the table. Well done, Barry. Cheers, Rob. Aberdeen FC Chief Exec spoke to Red TV after today's postponement in Dundee. Here's what he had to say. Alan, 3,500 Dons fans heading here to Dens Park today, badly let down. Yeah, very much so, Robin. Uh, I, I suppose from Aberdeen Football Club's point of view, for what little control we had in it, I would apologise to them for that. It's a real sickler for everybody. Um, it's been a very difficult long season for them in terms of travel. They've been all around Europe following the team. They've been to cup finals following the team. 
all across the nation and not, you know, most of them I would imagine will have been in and around the city um, at the time of this call-off. So I'm, I'm hugely frustrated for them, frustrated for the players having been prepped for the last two days to come down and play and try and make it three league wins in a row and not getting the chance to. So yeah, an all-round really, really disappointing uh, in, outcome. In the midst of a really busy schedule. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's what that's what I mean. The, the, the fans have been, you know, committed. With three, all, the, the, the Bobby, Bob Shankly stand behind the goal, three and a half thousand Aberdeen fans coming here to roar on the team. Um, and, and to be told when most of them are queuing up to come into the stadium that the game's off is, is, is hugely frustrating and disappointing and I think um, collectively in Scottish football we need to be better than that. What should have happened and didn't happen? From my point of view, I think the earlier you give notices for call-offs, the better. I mean, we're in December, we're Scotland, it's a northern European country, it's going to be cold and wet, so games will go off from time to time, I think we all accept that. But I think what most fans would expect, particularly at this time of year, is, is time and notice. Um, this is a time of year that's obviously challenging financially in terms of Christmas, and as we already mentioned, the amount of games that we've had, but also just spending time with your family and making plans, all these types of things come into play at this time of year. Um, so, you know, we checked this morning with, with Dundee, uh, made, made early representations, and asked them you know, about, about the pitch and asked them about the playability given the, the weather in Aberdeen at the moment as everybody watching this who's, who's in the city or the Shire will know is not the best um, and we were given assurances that, that, that it, was, it was going to be playable and they were very confident it was going to be on um, what actually happened is when the referee turned up about an hour and 20 minutes an hour and 15 minutes before the game he would normally go out and do a kind of pre-match inspection you know, as per normal but I think you know, the, the pitch the way it was um, for his point of view, required a further look, and, and he, you know, took out a ball, done a, a genuine match, uh, pitch inspection, and deemed it unsafe to play. Uh, and unfortunately for us, we have to go on with that from that point of view. We do live in a time these days where you can get an accurate weather forecast, so it maybe wasn't a, a difficult one to see this coming. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't here. I wasn't in the city. All I would all I would say is I think it's really incumbent upon clubs and others to give fans as much notice as they possibly can do. And if that means having early precautionary inspections, whatever that particularly means, anything that you can do to try and give fans notice that there might be some danger to the game, I think given how we can communicate with fans and how quickly we can communicate with fans, I think that should be a bare minimum as required. From our point of view, as I said, we've got thousands of Aberdeen fans in this city now who have travelled well over an hour, maybe sometimes longer, from all around Scotland and have been let down and that's not good enough and, and as I said to re repeat what I said at the start you know, from, a, from, me, from Aberdeen Football Club's point of view for the limited scope that we have we apologise to them for that Any thoughts about when this game will be fitted in? That's another challenge that's another real difficult one but we're, we're a couple of games behind already um, one against Dundee actually already uh, we might have to play for nine points in the new year or something um, so I, no I don't know at this particular stage and, and that's, the, that's the problem we have with games going off um, is with Aberdeen being in Europe with Aberdeen being to the League Cup final um, the available dates are difficult, so uh, it's going to be into the new year, but when that will be at this stage, I have no idea. Okay, Al, thanks very much. Thank you. Catch live audio and video of our next match only on Red TV. Subscribe now for full match day coverage, replays, highlights, and all the goals, exclusive interviews, and behind the scenes content. Sign up now at redtv.afc.co.uk. The best of the action only on Red TV. OK, let's catch up with the games from the past week then. And Rangers closed the gap on Celtic to two points with a 2-0 victory over St Johnston at Ibrox in the other match on Wednesday evening. On Friday evening, Wraith Rovers remain five points clear at the top of the Championship following an incredible 4-0 draw with Air United at Starks Park. Second place, Dundee United, who have a game in hand on the leaders, were held to a 0-0 draw by bottom club at Queen's Park at Hamden. Bonnie Redrow saw East 5 3-0 at Bayview in League 2. On Saturday, Celtic scored two early goals in the second half against Livingston. Hearts were also 2-0 winners at home to St Mirren. 
Kilmarnock moved up to fourth thanks to two early goals against St Johnston at Rugby Park. Nicky Clark got a goal back for the visitors. The match between Ross County and Hibbs was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Erdionians and Greenock Morton played out a 0-0 draw at Excelsior Stadium in the Championship. Craig Whiten's last gas goal earned Dunfermline Athletic a point away to Arbroath. And at Inverness, Carly Thistle scored within 20 seconds of their game starting against Partick Thistle at Firhill. Jack McMullen equalised in the 15th minute to make it 1-0. Falkirk piled on the pressure on Annan Athletic with a 3-0 win away to maintain their lead at the top of League One. Allo Athletic and Montrose played out a 2-0 draw and it was all squared at 1-0 between Hamilton and Kelty Hearts and Stirling Albion and Queen of the South. The score of the day came at the Balmoral Stadium, Cove Rangers 7-2 winners against Edinburgh City. There was eight goals in the tie between Dumbarton and Clyde in League 2 but no winner, the two sides finishing 4-0. For Athletic had the edge despite being a man down in their 2-1 win away to Peterhead. Stenhouse Muir maintained their top spot in the league, they were 2-0 winners against Elgin City. And the Spartans had some pre-Christmas cheer following their 3-0 win against Stranraer at home. The Highland League fixture card was obliterated due to the weather. All games bar the Devon Vale Clark game went, were postponed. And if you were standing out in the cold and wet for that one, you were treated to a disappointing 0-0 draw. And tomorrow on Christmas Eve, there's a match between Motherwell and Rangers. Hello, I have a small present for you. The Traitors is returning. 22 people played the ultimate game of treachery for a lovely cash prize. It's going to be fun. So be good until then. The Traitors. Aberdeen women were getting into the Christmas spirit at Cormac Park earlier this week in a festive Q&A. I'll do a duet. Do you want a duet? No, I can't. Oh, well, well I would have, but he was like, I'll stand here. <laughs> I'll sing if you sing. No, I'm not. I'm not singing. <laughs> Didn't even break. So what's your favourite Christmas carol? Jingle bells. How does it go? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. That's Come on, give it back. Fairy Tale New York, no, pass. No. no singing. We also like nativity songs. She's the brightest I've ever seen. <laughs> so bad. What's your favourite Christmas food? Roast tatties. Roast tatties, add a load of cranberry sauce on that and that's me. Pigs and blankets. Uh, chicken. <laughs> Roast potatoes, I think, on a Christmas dinner, yeah. I think it's a combination of all the things on the table for me. Can't choose. And the teammate you would most like to invite for Christmas dinner? Ailey Shore. I'm sitting right here, that's so savage. <laughs> um, Hannah Innes. Jess. Uh, Nadine, because they do sort of things differently in the Netherlands. So. Bailey. Eva. Aww. And the teammate you would least like to cook for at Christmas? Annalisa. Her uni hall's food to <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree, Annalisa. <laughs> Annalisa or Jess? Probably Hannah Inch, because I don't know if she knows how to cook, to be honest. 
Annalisa. Emma Lawson. <laughs> Are you asking me to step in? What? Are you asking me to step into Christmas? Step into Christmas. We can watch the snow fall forever and ever. Eat, drink, and leave. Merry, come along with me. Step into Christmas. The admission's free. All right, Uncle Brennan. I overslept. Can you believe it? The whole schedule's gone to the dogs. Where's the turkey? Can you put it in the oven? How long? How long has it been in for? 40 minutes. When? You had no right to do that without my say-so. You've single-handedly cocked up the entire day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ooh. I can't move. I'm in actual pain. Me too. I feel bigger now than when I was pregnant. There are a couple of pigs in blankets left over, if anybody fancies it. I'll take one on, Brimber. Someone's got to pass it literally into my hand. Thank you. Wayne, Mick and I would really like you to open this now, in the morning like baby Jesus would have wanted. OK. <laughs> there you go, my love. Mick? Michael? Noel has given the little boy a bike cos his sister's being bullied cos she's in a wheelchair and he's stuck up for her. I've gone. I've actually gone. You know, every year he gets me. So, Smithy, how come you're not eating with your family today? I already did. We sit down about 11, half 11. Got a full turkey dinner? Yeah. The whole shebang. It's just got to get around here, haven't I? I used to have three when I was with Lucy. I'd eat at home, then I'd come here, get to Lucy's for about four, then I'd go down to Crown, get on it, and then I'd be back here for about ten, and then probably just stay here through till New Year's Day. Oh, that's nice. I'm tracking something, I am. I should have arrived by now. So unless it turns up tomorrow, come Christmas Day, Caitlin and Megan are going to have masses to open, and all Harry will get is a microscope and a selection box. Hey, he doesn't even want a microscope. Microphone. What about the remote-controlled car? That's what I'm waiting for. They're all hyped up about tomorrow, they are. They are hyped up? How do you think I feel? In less than 24 hours, Stace, I will be cooking Christmas dinner for over for 13 people. people. Yes, I know. I've got my presents. Shall I stick them under the tree? What have you got there? I didn't have no wrapping paper, did I? So I just used tinfoil. But it's actually a dream, because you don't need no sellotape. You just scrunch and done. I'm mm. drinking as much as I can. That was sudden. You can watch every single episode of Gavin and Stacey on BBC iPlayer this Christmas. OK, let's catch up with a bit of news then. And Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack is already talking to other clubs because he believes the European Court of Justice's ruling will be the Trojan horse towards a European Super League. The ECJ says banning clubs from joining the ESL was unlawful and UEFA and FIFA are abusing a dominant position. Cormac expects the ESL to happen and that will mean huge changes in Scottish football. This ruling will most likely change European football forever, he said on X, formerly Twitter. This will be the Trojan horse towards a European Super League and ultimately cross-border leagues because when the biggest clubs leave their national leagues, the commercial value for the remaining teams will plunge. Replacing the three European competitions will be approximately 60 clubs forming three leagues based on ranking and being guaranteed a minimum 14 European club games each season. The only opportunity for clubs ranked 61 and above will be to go through qualification rounds to enter the third league only, where there will be relegation. 
Cormac says he has already held talks with like-minded clubs designed to ensure access to European football because the consequence of the court ruling and the advent of the ESL would be to double the financial gap between Celtic and Rangers and the rest of Scottish football. As usual, in Scotland, we have slept-walked on our way into this without any discussion. Your board at Aberdeen FC has been expecting this decision for some time. Throughout our history, including this season's group stages, the appetite for European football, if anything, has grown significantly. We are working with like-minded clubs across Europe to make sure we do our utmost to deliver European club competition with similarly competitive clubs. The absence of which will lead to double the current gap in finances versus Celtic and Rangers will be included in those 60 ranked teams. In a joint statement between the Scottish FA, SPFL and SWPL, they say they will continue to support UEFA and the principle of open competition. They added they will examine fully any potential implications for the game in Scotland and work on how best to protect and enhance the complementary balance of domestic and international club football. Meanwhile, the ESL backers A22 have released revamped proposals for their competition. A22 wants to create the world's most exciting club football competition. Our proposal aims to ensure competitive tension throughout the year. It's an open system featuring promotion and relegation and two stages, a league stage and a knockout stage. The European Men's Super League will have 64 participating clubs, divided into three leagues, Star, Gold and Blue. The Star League consists of 16 clubs divided into two groups of eight. It's the same for the Gold League, 16 clubs, two groups of eight. The Blue League will have 32 clubs split into four groups of eight. During the league stage, clubs play each other within their groups, home and away. That's 14 matches per club each season, seven at home, seven away. The top four clubs in each group of the Star and Gold Leagues and the top two clubs in each group of the Blue League will qualify for the knockout round starting with the quarter-final. The quarter and semi-final consist of a two-legged knockout round, home and away. The final will be played on neutral ground. The knockout round finals winners will be the Blue League, Gold League and Star League champions. Our proposal is built around sporting merit. Promotion, relegation and exit from the competition happen each season. The club finishing at the bottom of each group of the Star League will be relegated and replaced by the two Gold League finalists. The same system applies in the Gold League. The last club of each group will be relegated and replaced by Blue League finalists. In the Blue League, 20 out of the 32 clubs will leave the competition altogether and be replaced by clubs depending on their domestic league performance. This system ensures mobility within and across leagues. And as matches will be played midweek, this format is completely compatible with domestic leagues. This proposed format for football will guarantee openness, competitive tension and success based on sporting merit. It is one competition for all clubs, all players and all fans. It wasn't only the Aberdeen women getting into the face of spirit this week, the men got into the action too. Does Mr. Claus keep track of Santa? What do you call 
An elf that's won the lottery. I don't know, Tom. Wealthy. Uh, favourite Christmas film, probably Elf with uh, Will Ferrell. Is it with Will Ferrell? <laughs> First question. <laughs> Alone at home. <laughs> you like this? In Portuguese, like this. <laughs> yeah. Who sings it? Wham. 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 Last okay. Christmas. Wham. Last Christmas. Yeah. So favourite Christmas song is Wham. Uh, last Christmas. Hello, work for Christmas is you. <laughs> Jingle bells. How does that go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Fe Last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I eat pizza. Uh, um, uh, now, nah, to be fair, it's, it's got to be Stefan. He. Um, He's, yeah, I think he thinks himself as a bit of a chef, so I'd like to test out his duck that he was telling me about this morning. Uh, I really like to try Jimmy's mum's glazed ham, so uh, <laughs> I'd pick Jimmy as well. <laughs> it wouldn't be bad. I would invite Esther for my oh, Christmas. Oh, be an exciting table that. <laughs> oh, not, not to cook. Oh, there's a few in there that I, haven't, I wouldn't trust to make the toast. Um, Jack Mackenzie. Why? I don't think he's a good cooker. If I wants to pick one, maybe Ruby. I can see him being a bit of a Scrooge. <laughs> I can see Ruby trying to ruin Christmas. I'll go with Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I could like head the turkey or something. I will get plastic hairs for Ruby. Celebrities, Big Brother is coming to get you. The computer system post office spent an arm and a leg on is faulty. No one else has ever reported any problems with Horizon. No one. You're responsible for the loss. I haven't got that money, and I don't know where it's gone. These deficits were most likely caused by you. That is the post office case. All our hopes, all our savings down the pan. That was a lie, actually. We are fighting a war against an enemy owned by the British government, while we're just skint little people. This is about the reputation of the post office. It's not, it's about people's lives, you moron. Finally, 555 of us now, ready to tell our stories. Mr Bates vs the Post Office, coming soon on ITV1 and ITVX. OK, this Wednesday we have some midweek festive action in the Premiership as we face Motherwell at Pataudry. Kick-off is at 7.45pm. Then on Saturday the 30th of December we are at home to St Mirren in the 3pm kick-off at Pataudry. Kick-off is at 3pm. Tickets for both matches are still available to purchase online at afc.co.uk forward slash e-tickets over the phone on 01224631903 or at the Pataudry ticket office. And if you can't make it to either game, they'll be broadcast live on Red TV International, audio only in the UK and Ireland. Elsewhere on in the Premiership this midweek is our Boxing Day. It's Dundee versus Celtic at 3pm. Well, we start that again, I think we will. Elsewhere in the Premiership midweek is Boxing Day. It's Dundee versus Celtic at 3pm. Then on Wednesday, alongside their own game, it's Livingston versus St Johnston, Rangers versus Ross County and Kilmarnock are away to St Mirren. Uh, 
All of those games are at 7.45pm and at 8pm for Hibs versus Hearts. On Saturday in the Premiership at 12.30pm it's Celtic versus Rangers. Then at 3 it's Hearts versus Ross County, Kilmarnock versus Dundee and Madewell versus Livingston. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest scores for both our matches on our social media on X, Facebook, Mastodon, Threads and Blue Sky. Uh, just search for us at AFC Doscast on those. And if you like the stats, they'll be updated live at afcdoscast.co.uk. That's it from me before the big day on Monday. Have a great time and I'll see you back here on Hogmanay with a roundup from both our matches. Till then, happy Christmas and stand free.